Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of Acts chapter 4 with verses 13 through 37. Following Peter's demonstration of God's power by healing the lame beggar, he delivered his second sermon to the Jews in Jerusalem. Peter and John were immediately arrested by the temple guards and brought before the high priest. He was warned by the Jews not to preach the gospel. In verses 19 and 20, Peter and John replied, Whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge. For we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. Please listen to Pastor Harris as he delivers today's portion of this week's message entitled, We Cannot Stop Speaking. Caring for each other is being of one heart and one soul. So as needs arose, they treated each other as if they were one big family. They were of one household and they took care of each other. Now, I need to give you a little bonus section. Some cults and even some misguided Christians take this text, and there's a very similar one that we already saw in chapter 2, verses 44 and 45, and I said, wait till chapter 4 and I'll say more. Um, they take them to mean that as believers, we should liquidate all our assets and put it all in one pool and share equally. You might say, well, you know, uh, communism didn't work very well in the Soviet Union because it was under the control of bad people. But, but among Christians, that's really how it should be. Well, good idea, except for what the text actually, actually says. Let me show you some reasons why that's an erroneous misapplication. First of all, this text does not teach that everyone pooled their possessions together. They had the attitude that all things belong to God, and they regarded them as belonging to Him. So we belong to Him, our stuff belongs to Him, we belong to each other. Neither passage says that uh, as the next step after you repent and you believe and you're baptized is sell everything and and, and give it all to the apostles. It never says that. It never says they did that. It says, it was as anyone had need. When a need arose, people would, if necessary, even sell possessions to help meet the need. The fact that they sold them, the text clearly implies at several different times, means they didn't just put them in one pool. It was as a need arose. Each person's resources remained under that person's control until they chose to sell them, if they chose to sell them. That's going to be a huge point in the next chapter, by the way. Would you notice also that in the midst of this, the apostles were in charge of assessing needs, recognizing needs, sharing them, and monitoring who received help. 
Spiritual leadership includes the care for the souls and their physical needs as well. Would you notice also, the common goal of everyone here was not pool everything, it was give testimony to the resurrection of the Lord. The apparent reason that this practice or that this is recorded here is so that it could set an example. Um, the, this has been common among believers wherever persecution is common to those believers. Church history is full of examples of Christians acting like this in times of great suffering, as the text says, as any had needs. If you haven't been reading those stories about what the Christians are doing to take care of one another and then with one mind point people to Jesus in the midst of the horrible refugee situation created by the invasion of Ukraine, well, go read some of those things. It's Act chapter 4 at, at work. They're just all in on doing whatever they can in the most extreme of needs. Now, we're thankful we don't live at that level of need. Oh, but we might. So let's make a couple applications about this. First of all, uh, recognize that all you have is granted to you by God. He told Israel that. You're going to go into a place where there's going to be cities and, uh, that you didn't build, wells you didn't dig, cisterns you didn't dig. Um, and remember, it's all from the hand of God. He's the one who allows you to create wealth. Um, it ultimately belongs to God. But if He's entrusted it to you, you are a steward of it. You are a manager of it. And remember that silly adage, you never see a U-Haul, or you never see a hearse pulling a U-Haul. It, it doesn't work that way. It, it, you're a steward of it for God. So, another application, you should hold your possessions lightly. By that I mean, understand um, what I have belongs to God. And He may give me opportunity, He may expose me to need, He may put the desire on my heart to liquidate this stuff and share it with somebody else. Or maybe He will give me the opportunity by wisely managing it and investing it to grow the wealth so that I can give more and more. My economist friend used to say, you know, you can go down to the Red Cross and you can give nine pints of blood one day once. <laughs> or you can give one every couple of months for the rest of your life, which is better. It's a stewardship. It's a management issue. We should also notice it is the responsibility of qualified spiritual leaders to oversee needs and to respond to them and to help manage meeting them. And I think we should also make an application, understand God's most common channel for meeting needs of believers is other believers. You know, if, if you don't get to the grocery store and God chooses to rain manna on your yard, uh, free food, okay, God can do that if He wants to, but He's taught us we are members one of another. When one member suffers, we all suffer. When one rejoices, we all rejoice and I've got to insert here, it's not a specific application of the text, but I can tell you, we're coming up on 20 years of the history of this fellowship, and I have never been so blessed to be among people who are so amazing at meeting 
unexpected needs. We have to say like 1 Thessalonians 4 does, Lord, let us grow more and more, yet greater in abundance. Be part of it. It is such a glorious testimony to the Lord. Now, this chapter concludes with a shining example of the attitude of these people toward one another and their like-minded desire to exalt Christ. And it tees us up for chapter 5. Look at these last two verses. Now, Joseph, a Levite of Cyprian birth. Okay, the guy's name is Joe. He's of the tribe of Levi, and he was born on Cyprus. Joseph, a Levite of Cyprian birth, who was also called Barnabas by the apostles, which translated means son of encouragement, and who owned a tract of land and sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Silly place to end a chapter, but it just ended. Now file that in your memory for a couple of reasons. First, it really is a great example that sets up the contrast for a real clinker in the next chapter. We'll see that next time we come to to Acts, Lord willing, next Lord's Day. Secondly, it introduces us to Barnabas. Right now, all you know is his real name is Joseph. He was born on Cyprus, and um, the disciples called him Barnabas. He's a son of encouragement. Barnabas is going to play a very key role in the book of Acts. So, now you've seen what was on the previous episodes of HBC Adventures in Acts. Next week, same time, same pulpit, chapter 5. And I hope you live through it. If you've been reading ahead, you'll know that that was kind of clever. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you for this record in Your Word. We are not, Lord, reading this and seeking persecution, but I do pray that by Your grace You will give us wisdom, that we will be ready when it comes our way by learning from this. Father, may we, like these brothers and sisters in this chapter, always acknowledge and proclaim Your sovereignty and learn to rejoice in it even when we come under attack, and Your sovereign grace includes uh, suffering. May all these things drive us to prayer, and as they do, may, may we evermore be of one heart and one mind, one intent, one focus on Your Son, Jesus, our only Savior. May You grant us, through whatever You bring into our lives, endless opportunities to call people to faith in Christ, that they might be saved from this perverse generation. And Father, please remind us always that earthly possessions and and wealth, they come from You. They are Yours. You've entrusted them temporarily to our stewardship, and it is all for Your glory. But Father, whatever it is, may the testimony of our lives be What was the testimony of Peter and John here? We cannot stop speaking that which we have heard, that which we know, all about your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.